0: Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Good morning. All right, all right. Young adults are still sleeping, but that's okay. It's, It's 1030. We're awake, right? We're awake. Hey. Can we celebrate your faithful prayers? I, I have a shoe on. <laughs> Man, as we were singing God's Got Good Plans, I look down at my foot and go, yes, he does. Hey, yes, he does. For those of you who don't normally come here, I had a Achilles surgery nine weeks ago, and uh, I'm walking ahead of schedule. So praise God for his healing power. So if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Amen? Amen. Hey, we are... In our second week of an amazing series called "Life Without Lack," we are reading through this book. Many of you have it. I saw it today that many of you brought it today, and um, I'd encourage you, if you haven't picked it up, to go pick it up in the back. We're working through one chapter a week. There is so much wonderful stuff in this book as Dallas Willard unpacks Psalm 23. And uh, we are not going to cover it all today, even all of chapter one. So rest assured, we won't be here for six hours, just about 35 minutes. But um, just really uh, have been blessed by this book. I know Tim and I um, connected over this book when we first started chatting about me coming on staff. And I just really encourage you to take the time over the next eight weeks to be with us in this study. Okay? It's really, really powerful. So that's my plug for this book. You'll you'll come more prepared. You'll know more than the speaker when you read the book. So you can teach up here. We'll just have you come teach. It'll be awesome. We uh, also... January's a busy month at River Valley. Who's been doing a little prayer and fasting out there? Who's, who's, been, who's been fasting stuff? Who knows that today is the 21st day of 21 days of prayer and fasting? Who's excited to eat something, huh? <laughs> Nate's like, I need some food. All right, but um, just want to celebrate that, that uh, whatever you have fasted over the last 21 days, um, I've just been hearing testimony after testimony of what God is doing. We had some this morning as our dream team gathered, and just just I encourage you, share those testimonies of what God has done in your life, whether it be a one-day fast, whether you were up and down in your fast, whatever it was, just share those testimonies, because God has been doing some great things, and tonight we're going to celebrate with a little, with a little chicken shawarma dinner, and so hopefully you come back at four o'clock, you're all invited. So, you ready to jump into God's word? Yeah. Intro's out of the way. We're ready to roll? Kelly's ready. She just sipped her coffee, all right? We're going to be in a passage. Does anyone, anyone guess where we're going to be? Psalm 23. Open up to Psalm 23. Here we go. This is out of the ESV. We normally read it out of the NLT, but I memorized it in the ESV, so I cannot put my brain to read the NLT. So here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. Yes, you are, Lord. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Pray with me. Father, you are our shepherd. Lord, we sang it over and over again this morning. We declared the truth of of the power of that statement, God, as we sang and worshiped. And God, we say it one more time, that you are our shepherd, Lord. We shall not want or lack or need anything. We never need to fear or be anxious or worry because you are our shepherd. God, we're here for that to become real in our lives. We're here to meet with our shepherd. We're here to feel the sufficiency of of who you are, God, in all your power and all your might. El Shaddai, God, we're here to learn more about you, to become more like you, to be cemented in the truth and the fact that you are a shepherd. We need you this morning, Lord. Be glorified by your children, desiring and seeking you this morning as we open your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, hey, again, welcome this morning, church. And if you're new here, uh, River Valley's different, okay? I see some new faces. We believe that we, we, uh, we just, we really want to be intentional in community. And this morning, our sermon time, our teaching time is going to reflect that because I'm not going to do a whole lot of teaching this morning. You guys are going to teach each other. We're going to share testimony. We're going to process through scripture. And we're going to dialogue because we believe that um, community is is where scripture is meant to be read, interpreted, and understood. It's not one person standing up here to teach you, it's us together coming and, and, and hearing from God and sharing that with one another. Amen? Amen. All right, so who's ready? All my teachers in the room are. See, that's where my teachers that when I ask for class participation, they participate because they know what it feels like to stand up here and not have participation. Okay, young adults? All right? All right. So this morning, you're going to get to know your neighbor. Now, if that's your spouse and you don't like them this morning, that's tough stuff, okay? It is what it is. If you had a fight on the way to church like my wife and I sometimes do, um, you know, you got to deal with that. But you're going to get to know your neighbor. We're going to work through some times of just conversation. I encourage you to really lean into it and don't be bashful about it, okay? And if you're not sitting next to someone, go find someone to sit next to you because three or four times today we are going to process Scripture together um, in community, okay? So the first thing I want to do is, is I, I want to begin a dialogue about what it means to believe something, believe that something is true as opposed to believing in something as truth. What do I mean by that? David's sitting right here in a chair, okay? David probably believes that this chair will hold his weight and that this chair is well built, okay? Now, David could believe that and still not sit in the chair. Is that making sense? But he believes in the chair so much that what is David doing right now? Sitting. He's sitting. There's a difference. Believing that and believing in. Okay? So first, first group discussion activity today, and you have 90 seconds. All right? As I just, I, something like that, something super practical. I want you to be super simple. Think of faith like a child. Think of think, something so simple. But what do you believe to be true? What is something that you believe to be true in your life? could be gravity, could be the sun will rise, something that you believe to be true. And then I want you to tell your neighbor, do you believe in that truth so much that your thoughts and your actions reflect your belief? Again, keep it, I, I want to keep it non-spiritual, super practical. What do you believe that is true? And how do your thoughts and actions reflect that you believe in that truth? Everyone understand? All right, 90 seconds and music. I love preaching like this. I don't got to talk so much.
1: of the brain and a western man felt the way trying to live up to the say I am is there any wonder shame comes calling my first name is there any question I'm the one he left you left to blame it's the same fight all over again it's the same by breaking on my skin it's the same like when you let me in let me in, let me in. You let me in. Even the air I'll breathe. It was the song i bleed. You the war that I can win. All right. Some good
0: discussion. I got to chat with Allie over there. Loved hearing it. I hope, hope you guys had, had, had just connected that little example with some of the conversation you had because we're going to continue and pack that train of thought. And, and as we do, I want us to realize that sometimes we don't understand everything that we believe that is true, but we can still believe in it and act on it, right? And I, wa- I want to show you this. I, I, I have not prepped This young man at all, but Nate Joff, will you participate with me a little bit this morning? Told you, we're going to participate. All right, so Nate, do you have a cell phone? Okay, could you pull it out for me in church? Don't check the football scores, they're not even started yet, okay? But Nate, does your phone have text messaging? Do you understand everything about how a text message works and how the satellites, whatever they do, do you understand all that? Not one clue, huh? Not one clue. But do you believe that if you were to send a text right now, it would deliver to that person? You're sure? You have no idea who made your phone, where it was made, how it works. But you believe in that phone so much that if I said, Nate, if I asked you to send a happy birthday text to my wife, because it's her birthday in two days, that it would be delivered? Yeah, you can clap for my wife's birthday if you want. It's, it's her birthday in a couple of days. You believe it though, right? So much so that if I said, Nate, if you send a text to my wife, and it gets delivered. It says, happy birthday, I will buy you lunch. But if you send a text right now to my wife and she doesn't get it, you get to buy me lunch. You, you believe in it so much. Are you sure? You sure? I mean, have you checked your signal? You check the Wi-Fi? Do you, are, are you sure Mackenzie's signal's working good? What if she has an Android versus an Apple phone? Ooh, sorry, <laughs> Controversy. Who doesn't have an Apple phone, by the way? I mean, all right, you believe, uh, a lot of people. (laughs) I love teaching, like, this is awesome. We're gonna do this more, Tim. This is awesome. All right, Nate, you sure? Lunch, okay? You're not supposed to bet in church, but we're gonna bet in church. All right, you got your phone? Send the text. Now, you have to spell happy birthday right, okay? So, all right, Mackenzie, are you ready? Are you ready? Does it do the confetti thing if you both have Apple when it says happy birthday? I think it does, right? When do you think so? Yeah, All right. Come on, I thought you guys were fast at this. Oh, my goodness. Nate, you're about to buy me lunch. See? You didn't check your thing. I think it's too long, Lynn. I think I get lunch, right? I didn't ask that. Before, you believed in it so much that you were going to bet me lunch. All right, have you sent it yet? I thought you guys were fast at this. You're a young adult. By the way, we have a thriving young adults ministry. Most of them can text faster than this, so don't don't judge our young adults on poor Nate Jolliffe here. Okay, maybe I should have gone to like Carter or Kylie or someone over there or, or Nora or River in the back or somebody. You've sent it? Mackenzie? She got it. Congratulations, Nate Jolliffe. After 45 minutes of trying to send a text message, you succeeded. Now, Again, stupid, simple, practical examples, sitting in chairs and sending text messages, but I want us to understand that there's a difference between believing that something is true and believing in something to be true, and we can believe in something to be true even if we don't fully understand the that about it being true. This, that, that, in, you got it, right? Okay. So we just read Psalm 23, we sang Psalm 23, we've been praying Psalm 23, you've read books by really smart people, way smarter than me about Psalm 23, you've read God's word over and over again, we've, we've heard Psalm 23 so much, do you believe that it is true? Do you believe in it, in that truth? Do your thoughts and your actions and your daily habits reflect the belief of it to be true? That's what we're going to explore today. I want to read this quote from Dallas Willard. It says this, We live in a world where there is a fully self-sufficient, generous God who wants to provide what is best for you and me and loves you and me more than we could ever imagine. We never need to worry or fear. Man, I need to hear that this morning. Do we believe that statement is true? Do we believe in that truth so much so that our thoughts and our actions and how we go about our day and we go about our week reflect the truth and our belief? That is the challenge. That is what Dallas walks through in this entire book is how do we get the head knowledge of what is true into our heart, into our life? Because it's not just good enough to know that it's true, we have to live like it's true. That's the challenge. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to live like that's true. I'm here to live like that's true. I want to experience that truth on a deeper level. I want to experience God's all-sufficiency in any and every situation, in plenty and in want, on a deeper level. Do you want to experience that with me? Well, John 17.3 says this. And this is the way to eternal abundant life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one that you sent. And I want you to hear this this morning as we talk about believing and living out truth and understanding truth. It starts and ends with knowing God. And knowing God becomes real to us when knowing him, we experience him and his truth. And sometimes, as we talk about this infinite, almighty, you know, Jen, just beautiful this morning, talking about El... El Shaddai, and, and, and the almighty God, the one who formed the world. You know, we read through Job as a, as a church a, a couple weeks ago, and the one who laid the foundations of the earth, and all these incredible things about God. There's 66 books in the Bible about Jesus and God, and, and there's even more works done. I mean, this is just one of millions upon millions of books of people who have spent their whole life studying this thing, and every single person who's written a book like this would tell you that even at their greatest understanding of God, it's just it's just a, a small understanding of who he is. How do we understand him? How do we know him? It seems like it's daunting for that, right? I had to go on seven or eight dates with my wife before I even knew her middle name, right? How many dates with God do we gotta go on? It's daunting. How do we really know God enough to experience his truth so that we can live in the true all-sufficiency of the good shepherd? And I wanna I want, I want to settle our hearts in this, just like Nate had no idea how a cell phone worked. He didn't even know if he had McKinsey's number. Okay, I'm not picking on Nate. He had no idea how the cell... I don't either, by the way. I don't know how planes fly. I don't know how cell phones work. I don't know how TVs work. I don't know any of that. I just know they work. I've experienced that they work. We experience that a text message can be sent 30 feet away, which, by the way, about 30 years ago, that would have been crazy. It works. We don't have to know absolutely every little minuscule detail about our our creator, our God, our shepherd, but we do know that he works. And when you experience that in your heart, when you you take some of the amazing truths about God that we find in scripture, that we find in creation, that we find in community, and we start to experience the all-sufficiency of God, it starts to cement something deep in our hearts. That's why we're here in community. And that's what we're going to do this morning. So are you ready for class participation number two? Oh, man, the teachers are excited. Thank you, Kelly. You keep doing that, Kelly. All right. Testimonies are powerful, right? They change lives. They bring about miracles. Okay? I want you to share with your neighbor when you experienced God bringing you through a very challenging situation. When did God bring you through a very challenging situation, and what did it feel like? Got it? When did you walk through a very challenging situation and what did it feel like? 90 seconds, go.
1: Need you now and you love me more. It's like an ocean over my head and a mountain of light in slow motion. Tonight, it's the same vibe.
0: All right, all right. Again, the Bible and scriptures meant to be processed in community. And what you guys just did right there is fulfillment of Revelation, where it says, And we shall overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. One of Pastor Chris's favorite scriptures. And as, as we're drawing our hearts into this space, I want you to understand that most of you i I mean I wasn't in every conversation but i saw everyone talking is that most of you have experienced god bringing you through a challenging situation you felt what it's like to have um, the the good shepherd the all-sufficient shepherd provide and help you to realize that you lack nothing and what by sharing your testimony you now have imparted that belief and that faith and that story and that power into another person do you know why that's important because there's a spiritual war for our thoughts and our minds. And can I tell you this? Every fear, every worry, every, every anxious um, moment, you know where it starts? In our mind. It starts in our mind. And, and the devil would love nothing more than to distract you from the all-sufficiency of God, to get you to worry more than you focus on the all-sufficiency of God. And when you share a testimony and when you hear a testimony, guess where your mind goes to? I want to read the quote one more time. We live in a world where there is a fully sufficient, generous God who wants to provide what is best for us and loves us more than we could ever imagine. We never need to worry or fear. Keep saying it. But we fear, don't we? We worry, don't we? It's always funny when I'm getting ready to preach on a particular topic, we plan this out months in advance, months in advance. And um, it it never fails that the Lord graciously allows me to walk through a situation or situations that completely and totally relate to exactly what I'm preaching on. He did that like six times this week. So much so that I went to my men's discipleship group on Friday, and I, I literally had one of the worst nights I've had in a long time, and they laid hands on me and prayed over me, and and it was just a beautiful time of God restoring and hearing testimony and, and scripture read over me and it filled me up. And then six hours later, something happened and I went over to Sally and Sam's house for dinner and we were supposed to go over there for a completely unrelated reason and I was supposed to chat with them and I was supposed to hear about their life and they looked at us and go, what's wrong? And we said, uh, let's tell you. And they prayed over us and they, they, they declared truth over us and they were the community of God to us. And that's what you guys just did again. That's what you just did again before is you you declared testimony and scripture and word. That's why we sing. That's why we read. That's why we share. That's why we're in community. It's because we worry and we fear and we're anxious because there's a spiritual war for our thoughts, our minds, and our hearts. And if we aren't intentional with how we go to war, we will struggle in that battle. We will be challenged in that battle. So how do we do that? How do we daily, weekly, monthly get our minds and hearts fixed in a place where we believe that God is good, that he is our good shepherd, and where we believe in it so much that we don't worry and we don't fear? Well, let me tell you what what scripture says. It's a big, big problem solved by small, small, intentional steps. And the key word there is intentional intentional, intentional steps, and, and where it starts and ends, like Dallas says in the book, and like so many authors throughout scripture say, is it starts in our minds. What we fix our mind on on a moment by moment, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day basis will change our entire life There is power in what we dwell on. There is power in the music that we listen to. There is power in the TV that we watch. There is power in the people we hang out with. There is power in the education that we get. There is power in everything we see. We are bombarded with advertisement upon advertisement. Okay, there is power in all of it. How do we get our minds to fix not on those things and on him? So that we won't fear, worry, or be anxious. That is the challenge That is before us. Dallas Willard Willard said in the book, the focus of our thoughts significantly affects everything else that happens in our lives. That's not me making this up. This is him. The focus of our thoughts significantly affects everything else that happens in our lives and evokes the feelings that frame our world and then motivate our actions. What we think about every moment of every day is important It's important. We have to be intentional with what we are dwelling on every moment every day will shape it will shape and frame our world and feelings and motivate our actions. Can I tell you that the non-religious, non-Christian, non-church people really believe this? In 2 weeks people will pay 8 million dollars for a 30 second commercial to capture your thoughts. 8 million dollars for 30 seconds. Proven. I'm not going to go into all the scientific evidence. I'm not going to do that because we don't have time for that this morning. The secular world believes it. Scripture outlines it. In fact, in the Bible, over 360 times God mentions our head in reference to our brain, in reference to our thoughts. Did you know that? And how we are to to use our brain. Did you know that over 130 times he mentions our mind? What we are to fix our minds on. He reminds us over and over again, be careful to fix your mind on him. It's important. Isaiah 26 says this, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. This is one of those 400 50 plus examples. Philippians 4, 8. Paul in prison writes this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Keep in mind, fixing is is a verb. It's an action word. It's not a passive thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 1 Peter 1.13, in case you didn't believe me. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, which is, is a phrase of, of just setting your hearts on God. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So you have Isaiah, you have Paul, you have Peter. We'll do a couple more from Paul. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we destroy arguments. Whoa, hold on. We destroy arguments. Does that sound like war? Sounds like war to me. Do you know we're allowed to destroy things? My son would love this. He loves destroying things. We destroy <laughs> arguments. I'll tell him that this morning. He can go destroy some arguments. And every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. What Paul is saying is there are lofty opinions that are raised against your God, and you need to destroy them. Is destroying just going to happen if we do nothing? It's active, it's a battle, it's a war. For your thoughts, Paul is not mincing words here. He's very intentional with his words. And he says, take every thought captive to obey Christ. Do you know captivity was a big deal to Paul because he spent a lot of time in prison? Oftentimes, Paul spent time with two men chained to him to keep him captive. What Paul is saying here is to take your thoughts, the thoughts that are raised against God, the things that compete for your attention against God, not only destroy them, but then once you've destroyed them, keep them captive in prison. Out of your mind, out of your heart, because it matters. It matters. Romans 12, 2, we'll end with this one. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. There's about 450 more of these. 450 more times where God says, hey, your mind, your head, your thoughts, what you dwell on matter matter so much that I'm going to mention it over and over again in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Jesus said it. Paul said it. Every single person that could encourage us says it. Oftentimes, the end of the epistles, the letters of Paul end with this thought is to fix our minds on God. Can I confess to you something? I don't take this very seriously sometimes. The music I listen to, the TV I watch, The things I dwell on, when I let worry and fear and anxiousness overcome me. When I decide, you know what, I'd rather not go to church this morning and let someone pray over me, declare truth over me. You know what, I'm not going to reach out this morning to my group of men who love me. And I'm not going to share what I'm going through because I'm afraid that they'll think something different of me. All the time, I don't take this battle and this war serious enough. So how do we do that together? How do we take the truth of what we're learning through Scripture, the war that is before us, the battle plan victory that's clearly before us, and how do we implement that into our daily lives? Well, some might say, well, just stop doing certain things, right? Stop listening to that type of music. Stop watching those type of TV shows. Stop going to hanging out with those people. Stop reading these certain types of books. Stop looking at these certain types of advertisement. Maybe get off social media. Many of you guys did that over the last three weeks. I did that. Um, We stop certain things. But that's not enough. Because there's still a void there. What we have to do is we have to replace those things with good things. We have to replace those things with better things. We have to retrain our hearts and our minds and our bodies to not only not want those thoughts and those ways of thinking, but to want the way of God. It's a training. Okay? I was just talking to Lee in the back, and, and, and she's, she's in the fitness and health space, and I used to be in that space, and, and what, would I, what I would always tell my clients was, it's not good enough not to eat the cookie. You've got to replace it with something better. You've got that to retrain your body to not crave the cookie. You've got to train your body to crave the superfoods. Guess what? Christian, follower of Jesus, your superfood is him. Yeah. This week, I finally ponied up and went to the co-op and bought the really good organic, non-pasteurized milk. It's like $26 an ounce. <laughs> and, and here's the best part. My son, you know, daddy, I want milk. Pour him. I've learned now, only like three or four ounces, takes one sip, guess what sits there, and gets, goes bad, the $26 an ounce milk, and it just pains me, it just pains me. But it's funny, I love milk, and by the way, I put ice in my milk, so it's ice cold, I drink it so fast, it doesn't even, the, the water, the ice doesn't even dilute the milk. I drink it so fast, because I love it so much. But my wife isn't like a big lover of milk, and she came to me yesterday, and she, was, she had some milk, and she goes, man, that's just so much better than the other stuff. Can I tell you? he's so much better than the other stuff. And by the way, I I love sharing the gospel with you and I love teaching God's word. I, I, I enjoy it. Milk straight from him is way better than it filtered through me. Do you know that? Can I say that again? The word straight from him is way better than it is filtered through me. This is not your daily bread right now hearing this message. Your daily bread is straight from him. And so we've got to replace it with something better. We've got to replace it with prayer and communion with God. We've got to replace it with reading scripture and the truth that is before us because the Bible is an active, it's active and alive. It's a two-edged, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a part of our battle plan. We've got to replace it with the music we listen to, right? By the way, I'm going to be 36 soon. I don't know how, but I'm going to be 36. I've sat in church my whole life over 30 years, and every single time someone goes, how do we win the battle? These are the things that are said. It's not a new plan. This isn't new. Stop doing certain things. Fix our mind on other things. Be in community like you are here. That's one that took me a while, is to anchor myself in community, to be surrounded by men and women of God that love me and love my family. I didn't know that that's what church was. It's not a speaker. It's not a band. It's not a, hey, I liked the service. It's, hey, I'm rooted in community. I'm committed to these people, even if I don't like them every day, even if they look weird, like me. I'm rooted in community. And so I I just wanted to begin a conversation in your heart and amongst us today to go, what do we believe that is true? And what do we believe in so much that our thoughts and our actions reflect it to be true? And how do we take small, small intentional steps to allow that to resonate in our hearts so that when we go through the Thursday night and the Friday afternoon that I went through, I don't have those couple hours of just absolute anxiousness. Maybe it's an hour and a half, and it comes down to an hour. And slowly but surely, my faith gets solidified in such a way because of the community around me, because of the un- the unfiltered milk I'm getting straight from the Father, that I can rest in the sufficiency of the good shepherd. It's really simple, but really hard to do. Dallas Willard, in chapter two, I'm going to jump ahead, he gives this quote, and I I just think it perfectly summarizes what we're talking about this morning. It says, next to the reality of God, which is the substance and source of a life without lack, there is nothing more important to the experience of that life than keeping our minds on God as much as possible. The life without lack is simply this, a matter of having one's mind fully and constantly fixed upon God as he is, confident that he will provide everything that we need. I want that. I want that for me. I want that for you. Selfishly, I want that for you so you can impart that to me when I don't believe that. But I want that for me and I want that for you. And so this morning, this sermon's not going to revolutionize your life, this, this discussion. Because you have a choice as you encounter God's word is, is do I take it and apply it to my life and put intentional action steps in my life to fix my mind and go to war for my thoughts, to destroy every lofty argument, to take every thought captive, to put habits and disciplines in my life so that I may experience the fullness of God. You have a choice. I have a choice. And so there's nothing greater when we're trying to change a little bit of who we are than to get some accountability. And so this morning, this is what I I just want you to do. I want you to to turn to the person next to you and share with them what's one way this week you're going to go to war? How are you going to go to war? What's one way this week you're going to fix your mind on God? Different than the way that you're doing it right now. What's one way this week you can be intentional about fixing your mind on God? Okay? Last last group participation, I promise. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And as you guys are sharing these things, I'm going I'm to now challenge you to take it one step further. I want you to pray over each other that God would give each other the strength to do this. So why don't you just pray over the person next to you that God would do this for them in their life this week. Want you put a hand on their shoulder if you feel comfortable. Just, just pray over them. Pray together. Speak life over the person next to you. Speak truth over the person next to you.
1: To be kids in the back seat, wasting time. Talking about high hopes and daydreams. Never thought love, never thought life could take...
0: Again, just as you share your needs, just closing the time of prayer over one another bear one another's burdens, declare truth over each other, go to war for each other.
1: Let me hear the sound of your voice, and I will leave it all behind. Let me hear the sound of your voice, and I'll come running. There's something in the sound of your voice that speaks to every pardon. When I hear the sound of your voice I am alive I was made to
0: Just a few more seconds it's we're going to wrap up I'd really love to hear you guys praying for one another
1: all I am is wrapped up Thank in you The center of my world mm. and I was made to love you
0: God we just thank you that as we share testimonies together that through our testimony, you overcome, that through our prayers and encouragement for one another that you overcome, that you move and you work and you save and you change and you transform. And God, this morning, more than anything, more than reading a book and more than coming to a building, God, we just want to be transformed to be like you. We want to fix our hearts and our minds on you we just so desperately want to. We sympathize with what Paul said, Lord, what we want to do, we don't do. What we do, we don't want to do, God. That's my life. And Lord, this morning, I just pray breakthrough in the name of Jesus at River Valley, in this valley, God, in Boise, in the Treasure Valley. I pray breakthrough, Lord, that would bring to revival. Do it in us first. I pray Ephesians 3 over us, God, that that for this reason, for the war that is before us, for the great spiritual war for our minds, that we bow our knees before you this morning, Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of your goodness and your glory, you would grant us to be strengthened with power through through your Holy Spirit in our inner being, Lord, deep down in our souls, that Jesus Christ would dwell in our hearts through our faith, that we would be rooted and grounded in your love, that we may have the strength to understand, to comprehend, to believe not just that, but to believe in the breadth and length and height and depth of your love. And to know that love that passes all knowledge. That we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, you are able to do far more beyond our limitations, our lack of faith, our worry, our fear, Lord, and you can do that all according to the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives with us and goes with us moment by moment, day by day. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.